He taught me, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. To infinity and beyond! No crying? There's no crying in baseball! Welcome back to Know Your Cinema Podcast. This is another great bonus episode of our show as we travel down the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this week we have a heavy hitter here in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. And with me as always is my co-host, the one and only TikTok famous Thick Boy Extraordinaire, jason quinn jason how are you today my friend absolutely fantastic sir awesome to hear awesome to hear well let's jump right into guardians of the galaxy jason i'm gonna give you the floor first um and uh, tell us about uh, your last viewing experience of guardians of the galaxy i've seen this movie and i know for a fact you've seen this movie so go ahead and give us the uh 411 on that one I've seen this movie several times. This is, uh, I can't, I think back uh, to when I first heard that this was going to be a thing that Marvel was doing. And I remember thinking and hearing like people talk about how, oh, I can't believe they're going to do this. This is going to flop. This is going to be, you know, like, why would you focus on such a, a property that nobody's ever heard of? Like, it's never going to work. And, I, for one, had, I didn't have like, you know, a stupid amount of faith, but I thought that the idea of what they were doing was kind of interesting. I was like, all right, you know, like, let's see what, I mean, they've done pretty good up until now. Like, let's see where this goes. And, you know, then you go through the cast and stuff and, you know, you get uh, Dave Batista. And to be honest, when I first saw that he was going to be in the movie, I was like, okay. That's another strike headed down the rabbit hole. Like, I don't think that Dave Batista is really going to bring his, you know, bring it when he comes to, to uh, the acting. No, the, the, no, I, I, this role, I didn't, I, 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 let's, let me be honest. I, I knew nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, being a DC guy, my, my Marvel universe expansion is not gone like past like Spider-Man, Punisher, stuff like that. It had not right, gone right. that relevant thing. So, I knew nothing about the character. I did see Dave Batista, and I'm like, okay. Once you do research and you look at the character that he's portraying, you're like, okay, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe it's because he has he has a look. Yeah. But then you know you you kind of go down the rabbit hole of that character, and you're like, okay, maybe Dave was perfect for that role. Oh, I mean, I it's. I'm just talking about my initial reaction before I saw it. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to stand here and say Dave Batista is going to win an Academy Award for any of his acting, but 
to be put in a certain type of role like it's it's a it's almost a life-changing role because you have now you they have that they found the perfect person to portray that character and he does a phenomenal job right and that's why that's what i'm saying i'm like there's certain roles like we talked about val kilmer last you know uh, last week on top gun episode and we talked about how the Doc Holliday character from Tombstone is is very is, to me it's iconic. It's an iconic character that he's portrayed, but that's like the the, the character defining role that he had. Mm-hmm. And if you tried to put anybody else in that role, it would almost be second fiddle. I'm not saying like the Dave Batista the Batista portrayal of this character is on that type of level, but when you start casting as as a person who not me, but as someone who would be casting in in a movie, that's that's pretty good casting, right? Like the whole cast itself is pretty damn good. Looks, yeah, I mean, technically everything is there that you want as a fan in that movie. It's hard to like. That's I thing. always when you when you look at movies, like if you look at a cast, like a like a big cast, you look at those roles and you're like, okay this is phenomenal this is a phenomenal cast and it's all the right pieces it's it's what i find so interesting about guardians of the galaxy is like if you put that cast and you put them in front of me and you were like all right i'm gonna make a movie with these guys i'd be like what kind of fucking movie are me are you what are are you making like what the fuck are you doing like it's such a weird cast of people right but they mesh so well together in what they're doing and I always, 100% of the time, and I, I always forget Vin Diesel's in the Marvel Universe. I forget that every chance that I get. I forgot it before I even, like, right when I was thinking about who was in the movie, I was like, oh, that's right, fucking Vin Diesel's in this movie. Um, and he I doesn't never... Have, he doesn't have to do much. It's like his easiest role ever. They were like, hey, Vin, you want to be in this movie? Yeah. Well, how many lines do I got? Basically. Same one. But... Yeah, um, but what's crazy about it is the amount of effort that he put into it. Have right. you ever seen like how he, how much effort he put into this role? Like, there's some behind the scenes footage. So, so every other character, like normally you would dub a character if you're going to a different, you know, like Japan, there would be a, Jap- a Japanese person dubbing over the voice. Um, if like for- Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Groot, though, Vin Diesel did all of them. He did every version of Groot that they did. For every language, he learned I am Groot in every single language, and he did it for all of them. And then he performed all of his lines on stilts so that he was he was the size of Groot. And to to think about like method care is that method character acting i mean i guess but like what's crazy about that is like if you think about it like he says i am groot and then we are groot those are the only things he says in the whole movie and the concept is that he you know for the Groot character is that in the lines i am groot they translate into different things right so rocket which is, you know, Bradley Cooper's character can understand him. And there's some other characters in the Marvel universe that can understand him. And I've read comics where they translate what I am Groot means um, for different things. And so 
the character is actually like a really deep character, but it doesn't come off that way because he can only say those three words. So that's kind of the weird struggle that he has. But what I find so interesting is there, they had every, he had Vin Diesel had every opportunity to phone this role in and nobody would have thought twice about it. You know what I mean? Like he could have phoned this in to the fucking fullest extent, but I applaud him for, you know, putting as much effort as I could possibly imagine putting into this role. Albeit, I mean, it's a, it's a relatively simple role from the voice acting standpoint, but he gave it every ounce that he had. And so I applaud him on that, on that uh, standpoint. And then we go to uh, fucking, oh man, I can't think of his last name. Chris, uh, the hell's his last name? Chris Pine? No. Not who, who the, what? The Star Lord. Who the fuck is the voice? Who's who is Star Lord? Um, apparently, we didn't do our research. I know who the fuck he is because he's so. Anyway, he's on Community. So Chris Pratt. Or not Community. Um, Chris Pratt. Parks and Rec. Yeah, Chris Pratt. So Chris Pratt was on Parks and Rec, and he was initially supposed to be a complete write-off character. He was only supposed to be on for the first six episodes, but when they did the first six episodes he had the people that were creating the show like the behind the scenes people and the cast laughing so hard at the things that he was doing on and off screen and they thought to themselves well you know what if i don't get this guy now and put him on my show right so they end up keeping him around and all, he, there's behind the scenes things on from on the show during Parks and Rec, where he talks about get, you know meeting with Steven Spielberg about doing Jurassic Park four, which he ended up doing, and like doing a whole bunch of like he fakes these phone calls like that he's on the phone with these big you know hotshot things, and then he fucking decides that he wants to be a, a damn Marvel superhero, gets stupid shredded for this first movie at least, and then you know, does the damn thing. And he becomes, I mean, he's fucking amazing in this role. Like he's, it's like a role that he's born to play, but what's crazy about it is every, almost every substantial Chris Pratt role seems like a role he was born to play. Because if you watch Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt is funny as fucking Parks and Rec. And it seems like a role he was born to play. And the same goes for, you know, Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. He's absolutely fantastic. And, you know, I, it's this, this movie has just so much going for it and don't even get me fucking started on how good the soundtrack is for this movie, because the soundtrack is next level. Like this, this, this goes, I mean, this is this in volume two of, of, uh, guardians well, of the well, galaxy, the, the movie is kind of based, based around the love of music it's kind of based around the love of a soundtrack yeah. around, a lot of a mixtape so it's it makes sense that the soundtrack should be so good if you didn't have a good soundtrack to this movie like you should be taken out back and beaten <laughs> like well 
it's the two these these the two guardians movies are the two the two movies in the marvel universe with the best soundtracks like hands down as, um, as they should be i mean that's that's yeah. a no-brainer it should it should be because like i said the 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 whole emphasis of the star lord character is based on the fact that he loves to listen to music and he shared that with his mom and he's kind of the main character in this and it should right. like that 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 should go hand in hand like if you have a if you have a a movie a, a movie about music like the movie Grease, like the Grease soundtrack should be, it should be phenomenal. It should be a great movie and right. a great soundtrack to go along with that movie. Same thing here is like, that's kind of an antithesis of this. This film is that while things are going on, there is great music that everybody knows going on. Like there's not a set, there's not a, a song that you've not at least heard at least once in your life. Yeah. And they fucking, they, they are kick ass jams. Like, it's a soundtrack that you could easily throw on, you know, for a road trip and be like, this is it right here. This is I'm, a good I'm pretty thing. sure every time I came to visit my dad, I heard all of these songs, like riding in the car with my dad, just because we could never agree on my dad loved country music. I love rock music. And my dad was like, we got to find a good medium because we can't just sit in this car in silence the whole time. So we like find some oldie station and we'd be jamming. So yeah, I mean, yeah, no, definitely the soundtrack's great in this movie. Um, yeah, Chris Pratt, like I said, we talked about casting. That's that's number one. To ca- that's so eye-catching when you watch this movie as a whole, the, the whole cast. It's not just the main characters, so to speak. It's not just the Guardians. It's the villains. It's, it's, uh, and what I love about this movie is the contrast in, like the stereotypical like villain is like super like intimidating Mm -hmm. and then the guardians are just like super over the top like like just way over the top oh absolutely but yeah they're ridiculous they're just super over the top yeah and and that's i love that contrast because it's trying to be serious but it's like no (laughs) We're we're gonna be serious in points, and and it's it's an awesome way they did it and how they structured that. I love that about this movie is it, it's fun. It's a fun movie from beginning to end. You just have fun with it. Um, I don't think that there's a boring part in this movie, and it competes right up there with Avengers. I mean, it is fucking neck and neck to me with Avengers. Like it is. I forgot like how great this movie was. I was sitting there. I'm like, man, why do I, why do I feel like I love this movie more than Avengers? Oh, I, th- I think, I think that this movie, if, 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 if somebody held up these two movies and was like, hey, I'm about to put one of these in, and it was Avengers one or Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm picking Guardians every fucking time. Yeah, I think, I, I think I would too. I think I, for some reason, I would too. I think that because. It's nothing against the other movie. It's not saying that it's any less, but it's just, this is such a fun experience. It's like uh, if you put up Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Yeah, I mean. You're going to enjoy both both sides of that coin, and they're almost neck and neck the same movie, but there's two different stories going on. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you're picking Tommy Boy. I don't know, man. There, there's a scene in Men Black Sheep that, that gets me every time, man. I know, but it's Tommy Boy. 
I mean, Tommy Boy is the overall <laughs> better movie, of course, but it's the classic. It's the it's the more quotable one. But there's a scene in Black Sheep where I I die every time. So that's the the scene where he's falling down the hill. I had a I had an inkling that that might have been it. It's just how Farley sells it when at the end when he's like, "Thank you, little roots," and he's, he falls. It's it's pretty funny. Yes, yeah, slapstick forever. But uh, uh, back to Guardians, we got on a, on a Chris Farley uh, ramp, ramp or rampage there for a second. The uh, do you have you been watching the end credits scenes? Uh, I no, I don't think I watched them. So you haven't seen the end? You didn't see the end credit scene in this one? I don't think I might have the first time I watched it, but I can't remember it. Howard the Duck. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I remember that one. People all yeah. went bananas for it, and I was like, "Okay, where's the, when are they going to pay this off?" I don't know that they ever plan on paying it off, but it's right. just—I think it was more along the lines of like, "Hey, you know, how the ducks in the Marvel kind of I mean, anybody that's in been in the comic world knows that how the ducks in the Marvel universe. Well, I think it was more of a nod to like you know people that were old school Marvel fans of you know. Well, yeah, because they 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 went back to the original idea of Howard the Duck. Yeah, that that's what because a lot of people when you watch the 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 movie that actually came out in the eighties, it's very child friendly and cartoonish, more so than the original Howard the Duck. And I think that's what they were going for, in in that little cameo. You know, they are bringing Deadpool into the MCU now, and I could see Howard the Duck appearing in an, a Deadpool movie. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, a, I think, I think you're going to need a better introduction to the the rest of the, the fans that are not familiar with the, the Howard the Duck work in the original comics. And I'm not too familiar with it either. I just know that it was not from all that I've read it was not on par the the movie was not on par with the the idea of Howard the Duck and and everything that kind of en- encompassed with him Sure enough yeah um but uh back to back to Guardians <clears throat> it's i mean this this movie is is just it's over the top, man, in, in every good possible way. And I mean, all of the action sequences are still like. There's a lot of action sequences that are still funny. Like, even there's no, there's almost no downtime in this movie. Like, even as they're introducing the characters, like the character introductions are funny, and John C. Riley, you know, does a good job of helping that along. Um, I like that. I also like that John C. Riley's not, you know, over the top. Like he's not the funniest person in this fucking movie, you know, by a long shot. Well, I don't think Even he's. Though, I don't think he's trying to be too funny. I think he's just trying to be. Right, but I mean, if you put John C. Riley on a cast and then he's not the funniest person in the movie, that's a little bit shocking. Like, even if I mean, I granted he's got a very small role, right. and so that's probably why he's not, you know, super funny, but. You know, if I if you were gonna put this cast in front of me, including John C. Riley, and you're and you're like, all right, well, who's gonna be the funniest person? 
I'm not going to assume that Dave Batista is going to be super funny or that that fucking Bradley Cooper is going to, you know, have me rolling on the fucking ground. You know, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick maybe, you know, Chris Pratt, who is rightfully funny as hell or, you know, John C. Riley. But fucking Bradley Cooper's funny as hell in this movie, like right. absolutely funny as hell. Right. He does rocket amazing like he's i i love the i love the fucking like leg scene where he's like and i need that guy's leg and then he loses his shit like i love watching him his little fucking raccoon self just lose his fucking shit about the fact that chris pratt actually got that dude's leg yeah i mean because he was it was a dick move because he really didn't think he'd get it he's like i really didn't need it and it's such a dick move like yeah and then, like the the pay, the secondary payoff to that same situation later, when they're the the where they're with the um, the people and they're talking about this the the plan on how to uh, stop Ronan, and he's like, and I need that guy's eye, and he's like, no, you don't. He's like, but yeah, I do. I I really need it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a throwback to that. Um, it uh, it's a throwback to that uh, that 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 escape scene, right. So yeah, no, it's a good callback. It, it really is. Yeah, this this movie has everything you'd want in a, a a good movie. Like I said, a fun movie. You've got comedy, you've got action, you've got drama, you've got good characters, you've got great storytelling, you've got all kinds of stuff going on here. Um, side splitting moments. Um, <laughs> even like you know. I don't ever really want to say Dave Bautista is funny. I think it was just how he was portraying the character and the script and the delivery. But that, I mean, there's some parts where like, because Rocket explains it, like they take things literally. But his deadpan acting is so fuck like because he's so literal with shit. Yeah. It's funny as hell. Like when he's like, nothing could go over my head because if it did, I would jump up and grab it. Like that's funny as hell. And like the way that he, like, and he delivers lines later on in the MCU that are just as fucking funny. But like he just ha- it's that that very blunt delivery that he has and that very like uncomedic delivery of very funny lines works so well. And it's it's because of the character and maybe you know you have to kind of understand what he is to get why it's so fucking funny, but man, he's I think he's funny as hell. Yeah, he's definitely he's 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 definitely funny in the you know that that sense of things and, and the way he portrays it. And I don't want to take nothing away from him. But I don't want to sit here and say like he's a great actor, but I think this performance is top notch. Um yeah, there, there's just there's so much going on in this movie, and not a, in a bad way. It just you know the story is so well built that there has to be so much going on. I mean, they go they're flying around and going to different worlds, and you see all these different imaginative sets that they put out there. It almost had like that that nowhere world that they went to. It almost had that um, Blade Runner feel to it. Um, which is like whatever. Every time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, it's kind of like Blade Runner. That's kind of cool." I don't know if it was a, a homage to to Blade Runner or not, but then you know, uh, 
the scene with the collector you, you get a lot of variety in this movie and you anybody who watches it can pick up on that you can pick up on uh something that you're going to enjoy you could take anything away from this even like the relationship between chris pratt's character and i can't remember the girl's name her name is zoe saldana i believe is her yeah name. her character like you can pick up on that there's a lot of sarcasm in there too and a lot of little good one-liners and you know it's got great action sequences there's even like there's even a sad part in there too at the very end where you know you get to see you know Groot sacrifices himself and Rocket's all distraught about losing Groot and you know it's a tearjerker moment but it's all kind of interrupted by you know that that real like that real epic like uh speech that Ronan was given and then Chris Pratt just interrupts him but like it's very like a very sarcastic moment like we're gonna have a dance-off Oh yeah, it's, and I mean like, there's a, I mean there, it, when you're writing this movie and you're sitting there like, okay, well how do I end a movie that's this fucking epic? You know what I mean? How do you have that final battle scene? And then, all I mean they could have they could have tried to make it just some epic battle, but instead they were like, nope, Chris Pratt's gonna challenge him to a dance off, and like. And then, like, that's a, basically how the the thing ends. But it's but it's pays off in such a humorous way, and then it leads to that big, the big emotional payoff that we get of everybody kind of joining together to to you know be able to you know take on the stone's power. That I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> it, it, I wouldn't have wanted an epic battle. You know what I mean? I I prefer it the way that it is because we already had an epic space battle you know what i mean and so i i love the, the the finish of this film i also love the fact that like pretty much everybody gets a really badass like hero moment in this movie too mm-hmm. like Groot's, you know when Groot's running through that you know thing at the end and they're on that ship and he like stabs like fucking eight dudes at one time and just smashes them back and forth against the wall you're like, damn, he just like that like Groot just fucked up like 15 dudes in a matter of like six seconds. It was crazy as fuck. It's just I it's it's you get just so much it's it's worth the price of admission a, a thousand times over. You this is a movie that I don't think that I'll ever stop enjoying. Yeah, I mean yeah, everybody has their upcomings in this movie and and it's really it, it, but you know with having that kind of team environment it's good to do that but you got to give some credit to uh james gunn the director um he's getting ready to oh, yeah. put out um uh the suicide squad again mm-hmm. and the trailer alone for that movie was hilarious and i immediately thought of guardians of the galaxy when i saw it and it looks amazing but you know yeah, I try not to get high hopes for DC movies, but having him on board, I think that it brings a different they, element. To the game. From what I've understood, they they let him just do his thing with it. That's good, then. Like they, yeah, if they stay, they he said they stayed out of the way. So if he if they stayed out of the way and he's happy with the final cut, then I'm pumped about it. Yeah, and that that's awesome that that, that Warner Brothers and DC finally understand. <laughs> just let. 
let people do their thing. Um, well, especially this guy. I mean, like, if you you've seen what he's done with Guardians One and Two, and you saw what the fuck you did when you tried to re- redo the th- same thing with with Suicide Squad. Maybe you back the fuck up and let somebody else, you know, take the reins for yeah, me. yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm glad that you know we possibly can get one of the better DC movies that have come out in the last few years. Um, and I hope it has the Guardians feel. I don't want it to be like Guardians as a whole. I expect it to kind of be like that, but I think Guardians is kind of standalone on itself especially the first one. Um, well, I mean, we're eventually going to get to the second one as well. And, and from what I can remember, it's just as good. So um, but this, this movie's, like I said, when I watch a movie and I'm just having fun watching the movie, like it takes me out of that element for a while. Just, you know, I'm really, it's not serious and I'm not having to like think too much about the movie. It's awesome. It's awesome when it does that. And this is what that movie does. Like, it doesn't try to to okie dokie it. It doesn't try to to be something that's not. It just is. Here's what's going on. Here's here's what we need to do and how we need to do it. Well, and, and it's go ahead. It, it, it's another thing. Like when we when when we're doing this and we're reviewing movies, a lot of the time when I'm reviewing when I put a movie on for the podcast, I spend a great deal of time watching the movie, overthinking it, and like I'm going, you know, I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking about camera angles and I'm thinking about the soundtrack more in depth than I probably would. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, inner critiquing things as I'm going along. When I put in this movie, you've, and some of these other movies that I've seen, you know, and, you know, you can get that in that situation where you fucking forget to, you know, critique it. You're just having so much fun and it's just, it's the furthest thing from my mind that I have to review this movie. I'm just enjoying it. You know what I mean? I'm just, it's just a pure joyful experience from beginning to end. Right. And I, that's, that's to me, that's a rare thing. Cause I, even some of the movies that I've rated a 10, I'm still thinking about what it is that makes it a 10 or, you know what I mean? But like, this is one of those films where you really can just put it in and you can escape it's it's a yeah. pure escape yeah it, it is it is one of those rare movies um that that does that and again like fun movie like i i love the movie this is the end and a lot of people are like oh that movie is just you know it's just a bunch of you know comedians just trying to outdo each other but in reality it's like that movie's fun has a meaning and a point to it, but you never think about anything else but what's going on in the moment of that movie. And, and I just have fun watching it because they're portraying themselves in this, like this is how they would probably act in this type of situation. So I love, and that's why I love that movie is, is like, I can watch it anytime and I don't feel like it's a task to watch it. Like, and I'm not thinking for, for inter- pure entertainment purposes. It's hard for me to go back and watch movies like that that I, 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 I love. Like if I watch Bull Durham, and I love Bull Durham, but I always get like this really like nostalgic feeling when I watch it, and like I'm really into that story, and I'm thinking about the characters and how sad that movie is too. 
and someone else i was just listening to a review of of someone was talking about that movie and how mickey mantle watched it and how mickey mantle thought it was like the saddest movie you ever seen and someone asked him it's a comedy why would you think it's so sad he's like because that guy had so much potential and he was so good he should have been a star but he wasn't he was stuck in the minors so it's like that now i'm like oh jesus christ like i never thought of it that way yeah just different takes but in this movie like i'm pretty sure if you had anybody that would watch this movie they're not going to just go oh you know i i i i really wasn't into this that's a lie you're a liar you just don't like movies at this point because you you, you don't even have to know comic books and you could just put this movie in and be like this is fun this is funny and entertaining that's the beauty part about this movie is like you could get someone from Mars that was able to watch movies and then put it in like, oh, this is awesome. This is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's pure. I mean, it's it's universal. It's a it's a it's it's great. Um, man, I think we've talked about it a bunch. You got anything else you want to say before we get into our favorites? No, no, no. We're good, man. We're good to go on that. Let's uh, let's talk about favorite scenes. I will go first. You mentioned it earlier. It's the escape scene. The whole escape scene is just phenomenal, especially how it starts when they're just like, you think that they're coming up with this plan and then Groot's just back there like, and he's like, well, I guess we're going to start now. Right. And he's like, you go get the leg, you do this, you do that. And uh, Drax isn't even in the equation at this point. He just kind of comes in at the end there and it's just kind of fun to watch how everything kind of evolves in that scene. And then the payoff at the end, when he throws the leg down, he's like, Oh, you really got it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. I didn't need it. What? I gave that guy 30,000 credits for that. That shit was super funny. Um, man, as far as the favorite scene goes, it's tough. It's tough pickings in this movie because there's so many fantastic scenes. Um, and I feel like any, I feel like I could say any scene and convince myself that it's my favorite. Right. Uh, what I'm gonna go with is. Uh, I'm gonna go with the the final battle sequence that whole space battle um and the ship thing i mean it's a lot of it's a lot of big scene going on there but it's just a really cool thing to see i really love the weird like uh nova ship net thing that they were creating i think that's fucking cool um and then I really like uh, Karen Gillian, who plays uh, um, character's name in this movie. Uh, Nebula. She's you get a lot more of her uh, her fight with her sister Gamora during that time period too, and I really like. I really love Karen Gillian, <laughs> like a lot, and so 
getting an opportunity a little, to little man crush there. I literally have a lamp with a picture of her on it on my desk. Okay. See? All right. <laughs> you love lamp. I love lamp. Um, for the record, it's not just a Karen Gillian lamp. It's a Doctor Who lamp. It was one of the <laughs> like <characters>. a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Her, I mean, I have a. Uh, I I have a lot of uh, love for her in that regard. So. It's it's a tough it's a tough one, but that's what I'm gonna go with. Okay. Uh favorite quote. I have two favorite quotes in this movie. You only get one. I'm taking two. Fuck you. <laughs> my two favorite quotes are this would be my runner up. At the very end of the movie. They're all piled into the ship after they've already, you know, saved the day or whatever. And they're like, all right, so uh, what do you want to do? A little bit of, little bit of good, a little bit of bad, a little bit of both. He's like, oh, we'll take your lead. And everybody's like sentimental. He's like, all right, a little bit of both. And like, I don't know why, but I always pop for that. Um, but my my real favorite quote is when they're all sitting in the ship before Yondu comes up and like they're talking about the plan that they have with the Ravagers. Um, and they start standing up. And then at the very end, a rocket finally stands up and agrees to be a part of everything. And he says, all right, you happy? We're all standing in a circle like a bunch of jackasses. That's a good one. <laughs> good one. My favorite quote is actually from Gamora. And I don't know how to catch it the first time I watched it, but it popped me. It was just like so funny because you try to be so eloquent and it just it just caught me right at the right time. But she, she says, I know who you are, Peter Quill, and I'm not some starry eyed waif here to succumb to your pelvic sorcery. <laughs> pelvic sorcery. I also like uh, the line when they get on the ship and he's like, this place is disgusting. He's like, is that a black light? This place would look up, light up like a fucking Jackson Pollock painting. Jesus Christ. I was, I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, moving on to favorite performances. I will take the lead on this one. Um, I have to, I have to give it up to Dave Batista. I really do. I think that. Dave has had some roles where he was just kind of like typecast into being the muscle. And again, he's into the, he's typecast into being basically the muscle in this movie too, but the character has depth to it. Mm -hmm. And he, he's so perfect for this role and how he just can deadpan and be sarcastic and not show emotion and it just it's so well done and i and whoever wrote that part or put that thought in there and and hopefully they they pulled dave aside and said look this is guy this is how you got delivered he just hopefully he just ran with it. but he did such a good job and i don't want to discredit him but he 
phenomenal. He has some of the best lines in the movie, just like the little quips and and like the the sarcastic lines. He's like, "I'm I like your knife. I'm taking it. I'm keeping your knife." Like just those little like literal things, like, and then how Rocket explains it later. Like now we understand because they kind of they feed it to you without knowing exactly what the character is and then rocket kind of you know, his species takes everything literally right so now it all makes sense every scene prior all makes sense now i um man this is a tough one it is it is a tough one it is a tough one it's not as tough as top gun for me but it's tough um. I find Bradley Cooper to be so fucking funny in this movie. And I mean, everybody's got good lines. That's the hard part about this is that everybody's got good lines and they can deliver them. Well, even Gamora has good lines and she's supposed to be a very serious character. Yeah, she's she's a little less serious in like the second one or whatever, but second half of the movie, she's less serious, I would say. And then the second movie as a whole, she's less serious because now she's with those guys. Right. They kind of like bring her out of her shell. It's really weird. But it's oh man, it's it this is a tough one because I feel like it's it's hard to like I want to give it to the whole cast. You know what I mean? Like I, I can find a reason uh to give the, the you know my favorite to Chris Pratt I could give it to Dave Batista easily hell I could give it to fucking Vin Diesel because of all the fucking you know effort that I know personally that he put into making Groot as you know as good as he did um but because simply because I don't know that I will ever have another opportunity to give this person my favorite performance I'm going to give it to Dave Batista as well. Yeah, I I really don't think I'll ever have an opportunity either to do it, but I I just think that the performance physically and co- comedic-wise and acting, it all shines through. Not saying that Rocket isn't funny, Bradley Cooper, not saying Chris Pratt isn't funny, not even saying there's moments when Groot's not funny, but the the person that you wouldn't think is going to have a great perform- performance has a great performance, and that to me stands out more than anything else. Yeah, he's the person in this movie that I was most shocked as to how good he really was. Right, right, and that's why I'm saying. When, when someone casted this movie and they were going through the Rolodex of people to cast in these particular roles, like the eye test for Dave Batista is there. He looks the part. Like legitimately, there's no prosthetics other than what's on him to create the character. But he's right. he's a big guy. He, he's tall. He's six some, he's six four or something like that. He's a tall dude. But he's also built like a brick shithouse. So he looks the part. Yeah. And this guy's like 50 years old. Like that guy looks amazing for his age. So having him in that role and being able to a have the eye test and look the part without CGI, without 
the 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 prosthetics you know whatever they didn't have to put him in like a big suit or anything like that that's number one you know that's great but then also he he gives a great performance and i i'm sitting here in awe that i'm actually saying this about dave batista because dave batista to me was a terrible wrestler um and he's not such a good actor either in most of his parts but this one he really stands out yeah i mean i've seen he did a movie recently with uh It was on like Amazon Prime. It's called like I don't know, like My Spy or something. My Spy, Some, yeah. something like that. Um, and I watched it, and it was—I mean, it was decent. You know, it wasn't amazing. It wasn't like in crate in, insane, but it was—you know—it was decent. But then, you know, it, he's got this, and it's—he's absolutely fucking phenomenal in it. I do want to see his new movie with. Uh, uh, Zack Snyder, though. Did you see, did you get a chance to see the the trailer on that one? Army of the no. Dead. Okay. Basically, uh, you know, he remade the Dawn of the Dead movie. Zack Snyder did. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's basically Dave Batista versus zombies. Um, okay. Okay. It looks badass. All right. Well, the big moment of the evening, ratings. I don't think this is going to be hard. I think I think we're both going to be in agreement on the same thing. So I'm going to give this one a four. No, I'm just kidding. It's a ten. <laughs> it's a solid four. Yeah. No, it's a ten. I, I don't. No, it didn't Mad Max us. It didn't drop us in the middle of the plot. Then drop us in the middle of the escape scene, and then start from there. I mean, fuck, they probably could have been pulled it off. Which would have been okay. I mean, we could have built all characters there, but it wouldn't have gave us any kind of backstory into the the, uh, Infinity Stone, so. And honestly, I I legitimately believe that they could have probably dropped us in at that escape scene. If they'd have done a, uh, let's tell us, let's, let's, let's rewind and tell you how we got here, folks. Just like, because I mean, the the beginning of this movie is heart wrenching. Like it's it's fucking. I there's very few beginnings of film that I can recall that are just gut punches like the beginning it, of this fucking. Movie. It begins and ends almost the same exact way. Yeah, I mean, the gut punch at the end is that you know that. He finally opens the gift and reads the thing or whatever. Yeah. And you find out that she called him her little Star-Lord or whatever. And, like, that fucking hits you. Like, because the whole time you're like, Star-Lord. Like, what kind of name is Star-Lord? But then you find out that that's what his mom called him. And then you're like, fuck. That's like, another That's another great scene is when that dude calls him Star-Lord. And he's like, yes. <laughs> finally. Um. Yeah, now that that opening scene, that that that's that's a tough one. I mean, that you know, to to be a kid and then you know, be despondent because you know you're you're kind of being not shunned but hidden away from this tragedy that's being bestowed upon you with your mom, and then having to go then having to go through that and then being abducted by aliens. Well, and what's crazy about this, if we'll, you know, we'll talk more about it when you get to Guardians 2, but 
if you've seen Guardians 1 and 2, and then you remember 2, like really fully remember 2, yeah. and then you go back to 1, there's so many little details that like were put in this movie that are just brilliant groundwork for 2. Right. Um and that could just be that they, you know, planned that already, or well, I'm sure Gun, Gun, Gun probably they probably had the two picture deal in place for the both both movies, and Gun was you know slated to direct both of them. So, you know, directors knowing that they're going to have that sequel probably it's great storytelling from afar, so to speak, because you're you're foreshadowing things later on, but you don't know that until you see it in the next one. Yeah, um, which is it's another you know it's another credit to the phenomenal work that not only the MCU does but James Gunn did as well. Yeah, and that and that's that's the thing with watching these MCU movies. Like we're we're talking about them and they're they're getting progressively better as we go along, and they're and they're being more solid. Even if there aren't some ones that are we're like ah you know we're not you're you know we're not just you know phoning them in but they're they're okay like we've gotten through the the first two thor movies you know we've gotten through the last iron man you know we felt like there was a dead almost like a dead spot there in the mcu but again we talked about it in previous episodes they're building to an end literally they're building to an end yeah they've got an end game in mind if you will right i wasn't gonna go pun on you but you know ah but you gotta go pun i didn't go pun but that, but that, that is their in-game quote, um, and they're building that, and we get to, we get to see you know Thanos in this movie a lot more. We get a we get a, a bigger picture of Thanos and the, that beginning of starting to build that character, because the last time we saw him, it was just a little side view of his face, and you know anybody who was a Marvel fan would know who Thanos was. Um, so th- everybody was when I watched that movie in the theater, everybody popped for that. That you could tell you, like, oh, that guy's a Marvel fan, that guy's a Marvel fan, because I'm sitting there going, Who's that? Who's who's Raisin Grimace? <laughs> Raisin Grimace, who is Hulk Grimace? Hmm. But, um, yeah, so I mean, these movies are getting progressively better, and like I said, I I think at the end of all this, we're probably going to have to rank these in in our favorites, and and Guardians is going to be, if not one, two, at the top up there. And uh, you know, I'm I'm, I, like I said, I, I I love this movie. Like it, this is probably one of my favorite superhero movies, and I I didn't realize it until after I watched. It. Like I love Avengers, but this one was just it's so fun and funny, and like I just loved it. Well, yeah, it's it's everything. It's got everything. It's a total fucking package. Yeah, and it and the thing with like, I love it because it's like a bunch of misfits, and mm-hmm. it's not like you're. It's not like Captain. He's a well-known superhero. It's not Iron Man, well-known Hulk, well-known superhero. It's like a bunch of misfits that like. I'm sure there's huge Guardians fans from the comic book series, but like me, I'm just like these guys are just like average superheroes. And yeah. they're kicking ass, and they're funny, and they have personalities, and it's awesome. And I think I, I think I appreciate that more because I kind of more relate to those those underdogs than anybody else. 
Well, I mean, especially I find I find Star Lord to be super relatable because most of the characters in this are in in the entire MCU are great for one reason or another, and up and at least right now, there's something about Star Lord that you can relate to because he's just a fucking guy, right? You know what I mean? Like he's just a human being. And so, like, small town girl living in a lonely world. Yeah, she's just a small town girl. Yeah. But anyway, uh, man, I could probably continue to talk about yeah. how much I fucking love this movie. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we both gave it tens. It's, it's, uh, it, it. Anybody who's not seen this movie, and you're listening, do yourself a favor, go watch it. 100%. Give us your opinion on it. I mean, good or bad. If you don't like it, you don't like it. I don't know how, but go like, you know, go watch it. Do yourself a favor. You know, some people are those, you know, oh, I'm a diehard Avengers fan and I don't care about Guardians or Guardians or knockoffs of the Avengers or whatever. Two completely different types of characters, to my, in my opinion. Yeah, there's... It's just the chemistry is phenomenal. Yeah, that that we again we could sit here and talk about the chemistry between the characters and all that, and then the actors. We could talk about that all day, but uh, unfortunately, we do have to move forward and uh, finish this up. Jason, on our next bonus episode of Know Your Cinema podcast, what is the film that we are watching? We're going back to the Avengers, as a matter of fact. Um, this is going to be the second outing with the Avengers, which is Age of Ultron. But before we get there, we are going to be reviewing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince on Tuesday. Yes. Regular episode, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. That is the continuation of the Harry Potter series, which I have not seen in its entirety. We're getting close to the end of that and continuing on with the next avengers movie in the marvel cinematic universe which is the age of ultron and looking forward to reviewing both of those movies so before we go we do like to leave you with our favorite sayings um i'm gonna switch it up this week i'm gonna switch it up this week okay i i, I love talking about my best friend matt i love telling him saying but um i thought about a lot about my grandmother this week and she had this phenomenal saying and she told me, told it to me when I was a kid. My grandmother loved to just help people and give what she could to people. And it didn't, didn't matter how big or small it was, but it meant something to her. And she always used to tell me, Devlin, it costs you absolutely nothing to be nice to someone. So remember that, folks, this week in, in, your, in your daily lives. Uh, remember that it doesn't cost you a single dime to be nice to someone. So be kind to your fellow man and uh take care of each other and i always like to leave you with my favorite movie quote which is another fantastic thing that i try to live by which is never take life too seriously because you'll never make it out alive all right folks join us for harry potter half blood prince on tuesday and then on thursday it is going to be avengers age of ultron we will see you later